Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. And joining me today is Andrew Rines uh, from the OTR Westerns podcast. Howdy, howdy. And if you do have a comment, do send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. And uh, we will be talking about today's episode, which will be Tales of the Texas Rangers. Uh, and you can hear a completely different episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers over at otrwesterns.com today. Yeah, we've been uh, broadcasting it for a while now. We're actually on our like, fourth or fifth repeat of re-editing and re-uploading so for us we've we've heard all these episodes multiple times and we are in love with them over here so oh yeah it, it's good and on otrwesterns.com that's where i first went through the series so this is definitely going to be uh fun to go through uh now i do want to say that today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners and you can support us on a one-time basis with the zell app and i want to thank scott uh, for supporting us that way. You can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. And I want to welcome aboard Michael at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. And uh, now we're going to get into today's episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. Uh, the original air date is August the 5th, 1950, and the title is Quicksilver. And, Andrew, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to that, and we'll talk about it after we get back. Sounds like a plan. It's National Wheaties Week. (laughs) Yes, it's National Wheaties Week. And Wheaties present Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. On stage tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the oldest and most famous law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Quicksilver. At 11.30 on the night of May 22, 1947, the Stockholm Ranch, located in the middle of Carson County, Texas, was darkened for the night when the occupants were awakened by the barking of a dog. Jim? Jim, wake up. Hmm? 
What's the matter, Flo? You hear Jeep bark? Well, kind of. I was half asleep. It's funny. He barked and then shut up real fast. Well, he might have took off after oh, something. He kept on barking then. It sounded like uh, he was... Be quiet a second. See? Don't hear him anymore. Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm going to take a look and see. It ain't like Jeep to bark at nothing and then shut up. Jim, Jim. Hmm? What's the matter? I... Jim, somebody came in the house. Oh, you probably just heard the kid tossing in his sleep. No, I... I got a funny feeling. All right, I'll put on a light and have a look. I'm coming along. I want to go and see if anything... It's National Wheaties Week. Time to buy Wheaties, eat Wheaties, buy more Wheaties, eat more Wheaties. Time to join America in a brighter morning. Sure, it's National Wheaties Week. Everybody's eating them. You have some, too. Have them for fun. Have them for flavor. Have them for feeling good and working good and looking good. Have Wheaties for any reason at all, but get them. Whole wheat, crisp whole wheat, golden whole wheat. There's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. You try them. See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. It's National Wheaties Week. On May 29, 1947, the bodies of Jim and Flo Stockholm and their 10-year-old son Carl were discovered by a playmate of Carl's. Sheriff Lockins notified the Texas Rangers and Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. Place is just like it was, Jace. Excepting for the bodies. Kind of a mess, isn't it, Sheriff? Yeah. All three of them in their night clothes, you said. Yeah. This here is Jim and Flo's bedroom. I see. Bed clothes must up. Whoever did the killing woke him up. Likely the dog woke him. Oh, yeah. Jeep, you said. Found him dead a piece from the house. Clubbed over the head. Uh-huh. Okay, let's say Flo and Jim Stockholm were awakened by the dog. Jim would get up and see what was the matter. Flo went with him probably to see if the kid Carl was okay. He didn't get no further than uh, in this room here, right outside the bedroom. Yeah, all three of them. Funny Jim Stockholm didn't have a gun. Yeah, if he thought somebody was in a house or prowling around outside, he'd have grabbed his gun. Unless something stopped him. What are you thinking about, Jase? Just that the killer might have got in Carl's room. That's right over here. Uh-huh. Maybe Carl spotted the killer, hollered, and that'd make both Jim and Flo jump fast. Yeah. Jim wouldn't think of grabbing his gun. This window here has been jimmied up. You see that? Yeah. I guess you're right. Killer coming this way. Kids saw him. Yelled. Tried to get out. Got as far as the room out here. Uh There's what they were killed with, Jason. Flat iron. An old-fashioned flat iron. Yeah, used as a doorstop. Killer grabbed it and used it. Wonder why he didn't shoot. How far away is the next ranch, Sheriff? Six miles at least. Why? Mm, just figuring maybe the killer didn't want to risk the noise of shots. Must have picked up the flat iron. Why, well, he killed the little kid, too. Mm, didn't want anybody to be able to identify him. Yeah, likely. Well, what now, Jase? I'd like to fine comb this house for fingerprints. Meantime... I got a few things I'd like you to find out in town. There were no fingerprints anywhere. 
except those we knew were of the murdered people. The motive for the crime was robbery. Jim Stockholm kept fairly large sums of money on hand to pay cash for whatever he bought. We didn't find a penny in the house. The whole thing looked hopeless. Like the sheriff said when he came back to the Stockholm ranch. Yeah, the coroner can't give us much, Jase. Ain't no way of telling how long they've been dead. If we could find out what day the murders were committed, we'd have something. Not much, but something. Yeah, but how? How are you going to find that out? Nobody saw the Stockholms before they were killed? For sure. Jim went into town on the 22nd week ago. Out here, if nobody sees his neighbor for a week, ain't nothing thought about it. So the murders could have been committed any time between the 22nd and the day the bodies were discovered. That's the way it sizes up, Jase. Killer's got at least a week to make tracks for... Well, Texas is big. Uh-huh. Uh, Sheriff, that fence there, hmm? near the corral. Well, that's a hog pen. It's... Hey, the hogs are gone. Yeah, busted through. Come on. I never noticed it before. Never thought about looking for the hogs. Who would? Well, look here, Sheriff, where the fence is busted through. Look at these. Here. Hog bristles. Lots of them. Caught on the broken part of the rail. Hogs broke out and pushed through here. Yeah, but look at here, Jase. What's it got to do with what we're after? What made these hogs go wild and break out? It's my guess they got awful hungry. Sure. And went looking for something to eat. Come on. We're going to the barn and take a look at the hog feed. Then we're going into town. found three sacks of hog feed in the barn. Two of them were full, unopened. The third had just about enough mash taken out for one feeding. Sheriff Larkins and I went into town. Then the sheriff asked a few questions I wanted answered, and I checked at the feed store. Sure, Jim Stockholm bought all his feed in here, Ranger. You remember when he was in last, ma'am? Bet I do. It's the last time anybody saw him. The 22nd? That's it. What'd he buy? Mm, three sacks of hog mash. Got all the information you wanted, Jason. Thanks, Sheriff. Now, ma'am, is there anything else you can remember about that day? Stockholm seemed troubled or anything? No, just stopped in for a minute. All he said was he had to get back with the mash. He was all out. Are you sure of that? Just as sure as I'm standing here. And you're sure it was the 22nd? I can make it real sure, Ranger. Got all my sales in this book. Let's see. 25th. Yeah, here it is. 22nd. Three sacks of hog mash to Jim Stockholm. Thank you, ma'am. Let's go, Sheriff. Sure welcome, Ranger. You helped a lot. What have you got, Jason? The Stockholms were killed on the 22nd. How do you know? Jim Stockholm bought these three sacks of feed on the 22nd. He said he was all out at the ranch. He had to get home and feed the hogs. We found two of the bags unopened. Yeah, and a third with only about enough mash out of it to give the hogs one meal. Which means he fed the hogs on the 22nd, but he didn't the next day or the next. Because he was dead. That's it. Now we got a lot of checking to do, and it's all going to hinge around the 22nd. We questioned everybody, but it all added up to a big round zero. Everybody knew Jim Stockholm and liked him. He didn't have an enemy. Everyone we questioned could account for his time on the 22nd. Nobody'd seen a stranger in town. 
So I played a hunch. Sheriff Larkins and I rode over to the Stockholm Ranch trying to pick up anything. Then about eight miles north of the ranch, we got a break. Hey, Chase! Chase! Yeah, Sheriff? Here, will you? What do you got, Sheriff? I don't know. Looks like ashes. Empty bean can there, too. Uh-huh. Looks like somebody cooked himself a meal here. Horses tracks around here, too. One horse. Yeah. Like they might be about a week old. Might not mean a thing, Chase. Could be anybody's horse. Sure could, but nobody in town saw a stranger. Little town like that, people notice a stranger right away. But if a man came riding from this direction, chances are nobody'd see him. Still could be anybody. I know. I'm going to take a real close look. Okay, I'll cover this part. Good. Sheriff, come here. Get something? I think so. Look. Tied his horse to this mesquite. See? The horse stood here, a piece of mesquite broken off. Oh, and here's something else. Take a look. Dirt. Just ordinary earth. Take a good look. It's different from the earth around here. It sure is. Different color and different texture. Sheriff, I got a hunch this dirt scraped off a boot when he got back in the saddle. Scraped off by a stirrup. Here's a bigger hunk of it. Yeah, reddish color. You ever see dirt like this around here? No. That hunk's got a funny shape. Packed in against the instep of a boot, it'd take this shape. You had any rain around here lately? It dries up bone. There's only one way earth packs up in an instep if it's wet. The man who left this couldn't have come far. Come on. Let's see if we can find a couple of his footprints. We picked up a few prints. I took their measurements. Then we went back into town. I asked some more questions. Meantime, I sent the earth samples to the lab for analysis. And by the time I got back to my headquarters, Captain Stinson had the report. Looks like this earth came from southwest Wheeler County, Jace. At least the lab thinks so. Wheeler County Southwest, well, it kind of fits, Captain. Fits what? That part of Wheeler County is not far from Stockholm Ranch. No, it isn't. Just about as far as it would take wet earth to dry out and get hard enough to scrape off a man's boot. Yeah, I see. What else you got? Uh, a few horse hairs I picked off the mesquite bush. Looks like the fellow was riding a sorrel. And something else. Plaster casts of his boot prints. Mm-hmm. A pretty big boot. Big man. Maybe 6'2 or 3. You're right. But there are no fingerprints. There's no real evidence. This fellow whose boot prints you got, he might have been anybody. Might never have gone near the Stockholm ranch. Yeah, I know that, Captain. You didn't pick up any of his boot prints around the house, did you? No, place was pretty messed up. A lot of people got there before I did. Yeah, that's one break a criminal always gets. If only people would stay away. If only they'd have enough sense to realize. Sure, but they don't. They don't mean any harm, though. Okay, what's next? Look for a man six feet two or three riding a sorrel? I'd like to, Captain. Starting where? <laughs> well, Texas, I guess. It's National Wheaties Week. Yup, 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 and in celebration of National Wheaties Week, when everybody eats Wheaties, even trombone players, here's that well-known radio musician, Abe Lincoln. Honest, his name really is Abe Lincoln. 
And here he is, stepping out from behind the scenes to say, Get your Wheaties. Oh, come on, Abe. You didn't come out from your trombone to say just that. No, but that's the idea. Folks, the Wheaties Big Parade has been bringing you some pretty solid entertainment this summer. I can say it because I've worked along with all the other fellows helping put this entertainment on the air. And now it's National Wheaties Week, and we hope that every one of you who's enjoyed these programs will go out and get your Wheaties. The backstage folks like me, the people whose voices you usually never hear, we'd sure like it if we thought you'd enjoy our programs enough to go out and get some Wheaties. If you like the Texas Rangers, buy a box of Wheaties on Monday, will you? Thanks, and good night, Abe. Remember, it's National Wheaties Week. I kicked around for a few days, covering all the ground I could between the Stockholm Ranch and Wheeler County, and then I reported back to Captain Stinson. Kind of picked up something interesting, Captain. Like what, Jace? Weather reports. Here's a map of Wheeler County. The places I've marked in red had rain within the last three weeks. Oh? Well, what about it? Well, this place. Right here. The only spot of the marked places that'll show the same kind of earth we had analyzed. I checked. Mm-hmm. So it's narrowed down to that. But you can't arrest a man just because he happened to be in a place where it rained. I know I'm working on a shoestring, but there's no other lead, nothing. Might be I'll hit a stone wall or pick up some poke who just happened to pass through the spot where we found the Prince of Earth, but it's a chance, Cap, the only one. Well, suppose you chase down that lead in Wheeler County and your man's gone. Oh, I don't expect to find him there. He left there and landed at Stockholm Ranch, maybe. And left no fingerprints. There's not a single piece of evidence. It's still the only lead. You want to stick to Wheeler County, huh? That's about it, Captain. Maybe pick up a description of a possible suspect. Well, where'll you start? Well, here's what I think. The man we're looking for is a drifter. Maybe a poke that picks up work here and there where he can get it. The fact that he ate a can of beans and cooked it himself means he didn't have a nickel to buy a decent meal, even though he was near a town. That kind's usually a drifter. Made a buck here and a nickel there. You see what I mean? All right, Jace. Play the hunch. But if the lead peters out... I'm hoping it won't. See you later. Now, you keep in touch. Yeah. Radio or phone. So long. A little while later, I was in Wheeler County, southwest. I checked one ranch after another, some big, some small. What I wanted to know was, had anyone seen a man about six, two, or three, a man who owned a sorrel and didn't have steady work? I once read where a man found a needle in a haystack. Did it on a bet. Well, my needle could be in any haystack. Then on the Claude Edwards Ranch near Ramstall, I ran into something. Sure, I remember a poke about like that, Ranger. Big fella. Had himself a sorrow. Did he work for you, Mr. Edwards? A couple of days. Drifted in looking for something to do. I don't usually have work for more than my own hand, but this fella come in just about when I needed somebody else and... What was his name? Um, or- Orwell. Yeah, that was it, Orwell. Now, when was he here? Oh, let me see now. That'll be around uh, the 19th, 20th. And when did he leave? he do something, Ranger? I don't know, Mr. Edwards, but I'd sure like to hear everything you know about him. Well, uh, he worked for a couple of days, then come in asking for his pay. That was uh, maybe the 22nd. Are you sure? Pretty darn sure. It's awful important. All right, I'm sure. We had a spell of rain about them. I had him mend the roof. 
He didn't like it none. Did he say where he was going, anything at all? Didn't say, and I didn't ask. Just handed him his pay. Saw him in town later and dropping it in a card game. Then he let out. All right. Now I want the best description of him you can possibly give me. Everything you can remember. What he looked like, how he talked, acted. I'll try, Ranger. But how are you going about finding him? By now, he might be clear into Mexico. Any place. I'm going to do my best, Mr. Edwards. And I'm not sure that's going to be enough. I got a description of Orwell. Six feet two, dark hair, road of sorrow, tight-lipped, not too easy to get along with, black mustache. <laughs> Funny how little that people notice things unless it's something they really want to see. What description we had was sent out. Fifty false leads came through, a hundred. But every once in a while, one came through that matched something else. Captain Stinson and I talked it over. Well, maybe it is something, Jace. Look. Hmm. A hundred different leads, but there's one that shows up ever so often. This one. Same description. Drifter, gambles a lot, had a dozen different jobs. Well, there's something else, Chase. Now, look at the pattern here. Yeah, I am. This one keeps moving southwest, always away. The others jump around. The last report came from San Carlo two days ago. Mm-hmm. I'd like to mosey into San Carlo and see if I can pick up anything from there. I figure this Orwell's moving slow. He's counting on being safe by now. What if you find him? There's still not much evidence. We'd have to get a confession out of him. Nothing we've got will stick in a court. I got an idea about that. Let me try it, Captain. In San Carlo, I picked up a few more scraps about Orwell. From what I'd learned, I tried to think like the man I was trailing. Tried to figure out his next move. He gambled a lot, so every town I hit, I asked questions. Went to ranches and asked about poker games and crap games. Orwell was like Quicksilver. Yeah, he was here. Left. Uh-huh. He was there. Left after picking up a few dollars. But the pattern stayed the same. Always moving southwest. Then on the MacMallet Ranch near the New Mexico border... Orwell... Uh, you say Orwell, Ranger? That's the name. He's riding a sorrel horse. Well, I don't like to say for sure, but I, I took on a fella name of Orwell, and he did come in riding a sorrel. <laughs> as soon as he hit the bunkhouse, he'd try to shake up a poker game. <laughs> Where is he now? Well, I sent him out this morning to ride fence. Stock was getting through. How long ago did he leave? Oh, three or four hours. Maybe a little more. Tell me something else. Oh, sure. What? Uh, did he have any money when he left this morning? Well, funny ask about that, Ranger. Matter of fact, he touched me for a five against any pay he had coming. He uh, ought to be coming back soon now. Almost time for chow. <laughs> he touched you for five. He won't be back for chow. I'm going after him. <laughs> I followed the fence rider's trail. It was well into the afternoon when I spotted a rider up ahead. I took off my badge and stuck it in my pocket, put my guns and my waistband under my jacket, and caught up with him. Whoa, whoa, boy, whoa. Howdy. Who are you? Name's Pearson. You're Orwell, huh? Yeah, why? 
boss sent me out to look for you. Boss? Oh, my boss. Yeah, foreman back at Mellet's ranch. What for? Well, we got to get back to the north fence. You wasn't working there when I left. Just got took on. I guess we'd better get back to the north fence. Boss says it's important. That's so. Say, come to think of it, you're you're not even on the ranch anymore. I hit the boundary fence a piece back. All right, I got news for you, mister. I ain't riding fence. Now you take off. You see about that north fence. Huh? You mean you're quitting? Right the first time, mister. Now, so long. Hey. Hey, hold it a minute. You're downright unsociable. Oh, boy, boy. You're downright nosy. Me? <laughs> I didn't mean to be. Say, you mind if I ride a piece with you? Yeah, I do. Well, I'd kind of like company. Thought you was just took on at the Mellet's place. Seems to me you're riding wrong, mister. Ah, oh, I got no hankering for work either. Not with 500 in my jeans. 500? A poke like you with 500? <laughs> got lucky in a crap game night before last. And why'd you take the job? Oh, a man can always use a couple more bucks. Well... I guess I'll be riding on. Hey, hey, wait. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I kind of like company myself. You want to ride a piece with me? It's okay. We rode on the rest of the day, and I found out Orwell was planning to head into Mexico. We bedded down early. And along toward midnight, when Orwell thought I was asleep, he raised up and moved toward me. Hey. Pearson. Pearson. You sleeping? Something you want in my saddlebag, Orwell? I thought you were sleeping. No. Don't reach for it, Orwell. I'll blow your head off. What? What are you getting so head up about? Uh, man starts to go through my saddlebags when I'm sleeping, I get touchy. <laughs> I'm just looking for cigarettes. <laughs> no need for that gun. Yeah? Sure. Wasn't looking for 500, were you? You call me a crook? You name it, Orwell. <laughs> you, you are touchy. <laughs> okay, okay. Put that gun away, Pearson. You're acting like a kid. I tell you, I was just looking for cigarettes. Sure. Yes, I did maybe bust the strap. Okay, bring that saddlebag. Cigarettes are in it. Yeah, sure. Uh, left or right one? All right. Uh, hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you open it this time. What you got in there? Mm, stuff. Okay. Cigarettes are wrapped up in that piece of blanket. Help yourself. Well, thanks. Uh, cigarettes in here? Feels like a ton of iron. Could be. Wait! Anything wrong, Orwell? It's a flat iron. Uh-huh. Funny thing to be carrying around. Why? I knew a man once carried around a cow skull tied to his saddle horn. Why are you carrying this? Don't know. Why are you asking? Who? Who are you? I told you. Name's Pearson. Jace Pearson. Cigarettes are there. Help yourself. Uh, I don't want any. Suit yourself. Mind handing me that flat iron, Orwell? Why? I just want it. Go on. Go on. Hand it to no. me. No. Hey. Hey, you're looking real pale, Orwell. 
You're not scared of coyotes, are you? Shut up. Iron makes a good nutcracker. Maybe I carry it for that. Shut up, I said. Go on, Orwell. Hand me the flat iron. Pick it up. It's not so heavy. It's heavy enough. Man could pick it up like this, lift it up over his head, and bring it down. Hard like... Why not? Why, you. No. Orwell, stand still. Go run. Hold it, Orwell. I'm warning you. Hold it. I have to. Who are you? Pearson. Texas Rangers. <laughs> Figured I'd get caught up with. Guess we better start going, Orwell. You're not hurt too bad. Shooting by moonlight kind of spoils a man's aim. Come on, let's go. William Orwell confessed to the murders of Jim in Florence, Stockholm, and their son, Carl. On July 15, 1947, Orwell was convicted. His sentence, death in the electric chair. Joel McRae, your Texas Ranger, has asked me to ask you to have some Wheaties. Yes, have some Wheaties, because it's... National Wheaties Week, the week when everybody goes out and buys a box and enjoys a dish of America's famous whole wheat flakes. Start early in National Wheaties Week so you'll have time to buy them and eat them and buy some more and eat some more. Wheaties, that is. And while you're enjoying them, partner, you're getting wide-awake energy, whole wheat energy. There's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. Begin a better breakfast with Wheaties. And see if you don't find yourself striding high, wide, and handsome right through the morning. Rangers can ride better, salesmen can sell better, plumbers can plumb better with a better breakfast. Milk and fruit and Wheaties. Get yours. Breakfast of champions. It's National Wheaties Week. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae will soon be seen starring in the MGM production Stars in My Crown. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, D.J. Thompson, Byron Kane, Lou Krugman, and Russell Simpson. This story was transcribed and adapted by Russell Hughes, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keith. Hal Gibney speaking. And this is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin, inviting you to listen on Tuesday night to the Penny Singleton Show on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then. Remember, it's National Wheaties Week. Come on, everybody, to the Wheaties party. Eat a lot of Wheaties like the champions do. Dance together cheek to cheek. This is National Wheaties Week. Eat a lot of Wheaties like the champions do. Wheaties, a breakfast of champions. Tomorrow, Sigmund Romberg conducts the Summer Symphony on NBC. Welcome back. Well, Andrew, having heard this... uh a lot of times now. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on the episode? I can tell you, listening to this the first time I heard it, I was much younger, and it didn't hit me the same as until I had kids, which I guess you're going to be figuring out soon. Um, it hits harder when when uh, a child is involved in some way, and 
sadly, you know, uh, there was a murder involved and that is something that, you know, luckily it doesn't go too detailed or too graphic on it. You just know it happens. Um, so the initial thought is, man, that sucks. And it would work on my part. So, yeah, the, the one thing as I was listening to this, this sounded really familiar. And when I was looking at it, I, this is essentially the same plot as the pilot episode. But this is not actually a straight script reuse, was the one thing I noticed. The pilot uh, to Tales of the Texas Rangers was written by Russell Hughes. And this here was written by uh, Joel Murcott. And uh, essentially, uh, there was uh, different choices in terms of what parts of the investigation were shown. Uh, the end part is really, really close. Um, you know, that we that we heard in the uh, audition program. You know, it's practically word for word. But there's different choices of dialogue, different emphasis on the investigation. I know that in the pilot, because I remember it stood out when the audition with Frank Martin as uh, Joel McRae, that he went up to the kid who found it and was able to cheer him up by, you know, on the bright side, on the downside, you found your friend dead. On the brown, bright side, you get to tell everybody at school that you helped the Texas Rangers out, um, which always kind of struck me as a, as not ringing true. This one, different uh, pieces of evidence emphasized, and it's interesting because you will have some stories uh, that are, you know, when you're telling true life stories. Uh, in old-time radio, and different writers will chose different things to emphasize. So it was a, a different take on the same incident, I think. You can tell there's probably some time in the real uh, case that this came about, because Joel McRae didn't, you know, and I think the pilot, he went pretty quickly and was able to find the, the original killer. This version made me feel like there was some time. I mean, not minutes, not hours, not days, but maybe weeks and months in this investigation of trying to find this unknown person, you know, and being able to figure out where they're at and when the death even happened and how they're able to relate, you know, farming and and raising pigs to when you know the person died it's just it's a different era for sure and and i've always wondered what the original case stories look like um but of course you know they've changed the names and dates and it's a little hard to track that information down you know 60 70 80 years later i think that we've got the date but it's tough to find and as you know and as the sheriff said in that great understatement Texas is a big place. Um, that 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 struck me as uh, like, oh, really? I hadn't guessed. It's definitely uh, definitely an interesting case. So you mentioned that you heard uh, tales of the Texas Rangers and this particular episode when you were younger. When did you first hear the series or get into listening to it? So. Uh... Growing up in L.A. area, um, out here in Southern California, there was a radio show or radio station that rebroadcast these. So in the 90s, I, heard, I remember hearing tales of the Texas Rangers and listening to them on KNX 1070 and falling asleep and listening to you know drama hours and, and 
not just Westerns, but, you know, Dragnet and all the other ones that are out there. And then, you know, as I got older, my curiosity, you know, was like, hey, what's this? And I was able to track down these shows and be able to re-listen to them. And thankfully, people have put them out there for us to be able to listen to. So it was quite nice to be able to get in there and um, start rebroadcasting it. But once I got you know, into broadcasting my own Westerns is when I've heard the series from start to finish. You know, before you'd only hear an episode or you catch a piece of it if you missed it. And being able to go back and re-listen to these from start to finish has been quite quite interesting to to say the least. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely more of a feature of the internet age because you know, with the radio programs, they, they, you know, if it was on the radio, they'd be like, well, throw an episode of this, an episode of that. And, you know, even if you bought albums, you just get like, you know, here's 20 random episodes or, or not even that, three or four. So it's definitely a great age, you know, with the Internet and how it's been able to bring so many of these programs and make them available. Now, what other series are you currently doing over at otrwesterns.com? We're currently releasing, uh, on a weekly basis, anywhere from 12 to 14 episodes from Gunsmoke, uh, Fort Laramie, which are probably the hard hitters. Those are the ones that, if you like uh, Tales of the Texas Rangers, you will probably like Gunsmoke, and you'll like um, Fort Laramie. And you know, One of the things that I love about Fort Laramie is you know, you can hear them getting up on the saddle and you hear the the leather movements in your ears and it's just, it really transports you to a different time and a different era. And they kept it very true to life, which is kind of what I like in the in a Western series. It's not that bubblegum feel of the 1930s. It actually is kind of hard hitting. And, you know, there's, there's storylines in there that are very factual on locations and same thing with Gunsmoke. I mean, it's, they're very straightforward on, you know, the, the, the Foley artists, you know, those who did the sound effects made sure that, Hey, if it was 20 steps for, you know, the marshal to get from point A to point B, then every show it was 20 steps. They made sure that, you know, consistency was very big, which you didn't hear in a lot of radios. They cut things so that way they can, you know, speed things up. So. Gunsmoke and Fort Laramie are coming out every week. We got an episode uh, coming out, and those will be on repeat. So as we uh, age those out, they'll come back. Gunsmoke, I got 10 years before I age out on that one again. Um, Cisco Kid, The Lone Ranger, um, Have Gun, Will Travel. There's there's a ton of episodes out. So if you like Westerns, if you found this enjoyable, come check us out, otrwesterns.com. Uh, or search in any of your podcast clients. Search for OTR Westerns, Old Time Radio Westerns, and you'll see um, a Western hat on a radio, and that's going to be us. And every week I am currently releasing all the Shadow episodes, and it's going to be on my mystery channel, otnetcast.com. Come check it out. If you like the Shadow or want to hear more about the Shadow, again, otnetcast.com. Good way to remember it, and Fort Laramie uh, is definitely a great series. Raymond Burr uh, and just some really solid writing, so uh, that that is definitely a good one. And so, and that's again over at otrwesterns.com. Well, um, I do want to go ahead now. I want to thank our Patreon supporter of the day, and uh, I want to thank Heidi. Heidi's been our Patreon, one of our Patreons since March of 2018. Currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. 
Thanks so much for your support, Heidi. And that will do it for today. And that will actually do it for our 12th season. Uh, so this uh, is a wrap on uh, 12 uh, seasons of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. So season 13 will start out on Monday. So we've been doing this a long time with uh, me hosting and you, and you editing, Andrew. 12 years. I remember hearing you on doing the Dragnet and you were doing talk shoe or whatever back then. And it sounded like you were talking through tin can. I'm like, we've got to do this a better way. And I think we've created some, some memorable stuff. And I, and I hope our listeners, um, cause I consider your listeners as my listeners cause I do all your editing. I think they really, I hope they enjoy what we produce because this is unlike anything else out there. Um, the time and effort you put into finding information out and relating it to current day is unlike anything else. I just put them out there for people to listen to them. Um, and a lot of times I'm listening to them for the first time. If I haven't heard it before, I don't, I don't spend the time to listen to them. So, uh, for you to go through and put what you have into this and made it as great as you have, I'm glad I'm here for the ride and I can't, just, can't wait for another 12 years and, you know, see where we're at. Well, I, I may as well. This this has definitely been fun. Appreciate all your hard work and making this uh, making these sound as good as possible. Uh, we've gotten some better uh, recordings than we had at the first, but uh, there's still some rough ones out there. So I appreciate all the work you put into it. So, um, of course, we'll be back next season. We're going to have um, our regular. Uh, lineup will be continuing for a while but in season 13 we're going to get into sam spade and dangerous assignment uh which are two big shows i think that people are going to enjoy and then we're also going to uh, be hearing martin O'Ka martin kane this is o'shea meet uh miss sherlock and i hate crime along with a lot of previously uh uh uncirculated episodes of programs we played previously so a lot of great stuff to come. Of course, we will be back next Saturday with another episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. And, uh, of course, coming up on Monday, we'll start uh, Season 13 out with Casey Crom Photographer, where... Oh, Bill. I've been up the city room looking for you. Thought you might have gone there before coming here. You didn't tell the desk I hadn't shown up here, I hope. Certainly not. What do you think I am? <laughs> okay, I'm only kidding, pal. Jim tells me... Something happened to you last night. It Steve. was the darndest thing, Casey. Oh, shut up, Bill. Spill your story. You're not going to yawn when you hear it. This is something right up your alley. At this time of day, my alley is strictly... <clears throat> well, of course, if you don't want to be bothered. Oh, wait a minute. Excuse me. I don't mean to be a sleepy lug, Bill. Naturally, I'm interested in whatever happened to you. Go ahead, shoot. Casey, you know my wife and me have a 16-month-old kid. Uh-huh. Well, when I got up to come to work this morning, naturally, the first thing I do is to go into the living room to look at Julius where he sleeps. That's right. What do you think I see besides Julius? What? Someone's been in our living room during the night. They jimmied the door and searched the place. Well, they didn't hurt the kid, did they? They didn't even wake him. And we couldn't see that anything was missing at first. The wife's gold wristwatch was laying out in plain sight, and so was 15 bucks. But the burglar hadn't touched him. What do you think was the one and only thing he took, Casey? Well, you tell me. Little Julius's piggy bank. And I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, uh, from Boise, Idaho, this is Adam Graham. 
And from Southern California, this is Andrew Rines. And you can send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And uh, again, check out Andrew's uh, podcast over at otrwesterns.com. But for now, I am signing off, and we'll talk to you in Season 13.